So you remember, Will, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago talking about the confirmation from OnePlus executives about the upcoming OnePlus 7T. Well, that was just like a verbal affirmation that the thing was coming out. Not that anyone doubted it, but uh, you had, was it the president? No, the CEO of the company, I believe, mm-hmm. or the president. I can't remember. Uh, said, yeah, look, the OnePlus 7T is coming same time window as our secondary launch window would typically be for the T version, T variant of our new smartphone. And I was talking about how like the whole thing is just moving so quickly. Smartphones in general, people, I mean, the dust didn't even settle on the OnePlus 7 and we're talking about the 7T. And that's really how it goes. That's really where we're at. Mm. And so today we have a new development in that story because we have some renders from like pretty, pretty reliable leaker on leaks mm-hmm. and this uh this device in the image here purports to be that 7t that we mentioned previously and a few things about this caught my attention immediately of course the first major thing is the redesign on the back which places a circular camera module now and supposedly what we're looking at is a triple camera layout completely different from what OnePlus has done in the past. So circular, kind of maybe Huawei-esque, but everything flush. So the, 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 the cameras embedded all three of them into this glass circular component, or I mean, maybe it's Gorilla Glass, maybe it's some other material. And then this kind of like X pattern in there as well for, as, a, as a sort of design element. And then on the front of the device, the water drop is back, mm. which is, of course, myself and, and a lot of you guys out there, you've probably been looking at content of the 7 Pro, OnePlus 7 Pro, and that's where the motorized camera was introduced. So now I'm like, okay, is the 7T going to be a 7T and 7T Pro now for the first time? I'm wondering, because it would seem odd to only launch a 7T when you had the OnePlus 7 and OnePlus 7 Pro. Right. You see what I'm saying? On the last release, you had the two options. Now, granted, it's a bit confusing for me here in, in, in Canada, in the North American market, because we didn't even have access to the OnePlus 7 non-Pro. Right. That wasn't even a thing that we could look at. So the Pro just felt like the new OnePlus. It felt like the OnePlus 7 was the Pro. But, of course, there was a standard OnePlus 7 elsewhere at a cheaper price point. So is this leak then the update to the OnePlus 7 and then there will be also a T variant for the Pro version, in which case we may see this new camera layout, but alongside the mo- a motorized camera mm-hmm. on the front. You see where I'm going here? Well, you see what I'm trying to say here? It's a lot of cameras. It's, I mean, it's a lot of camera talk. But anyway, that may or may not be the case. This is important and interesting because of who it, it does come from on leaks with the watermark on the images. Uh, this this guy's usually on point, so we should be paying attention. Uh, apparently, I mean, some more information about the launch. It's, supposed, it's supposedly on September 26th, 2019, so that's very soon. And alongside the device, you're going to see the OnePlus TV as well as a OnePlus 7T McLaren Senna edition. So... Fast, even faster charging probably usually comes with their race car versions, uh, their McLaren collabs. We had the McLaren version of the 6T, if I recall correctly, did a video on it, had the orange jack. I like that device. I used that device. That was a cool unboxing experience and, and also a nice little subtle special edition, you know, because some of those special editions, they just get too crazy. Sometimes, but this one it was subtle. It had like a little orange gradient hue to it, and then a cool booklet. Will's showcasing the video, in fact, because he's that quick. Willie, do he's just on the ones and twos, as I like to say, over there, hmm. queuing things up. Nice colors. I mean, the orange Bright was in orange. there, mm-hmm. so it was expensive, though. That was the thing, and I assume that'll be the same case. And then I read something like that, and I'm like, wait a second, are they abandoning the motorized camera because? You think about it, Will. If they do a 7T McLaren Senna edition, that's going to be expensive. Flagship territory. And the word pro is not in there. And the render shows the water drop. So do they do they abandon the pro situation? Or do the T variants skip the pro 
aspect? Or they just, did they experience some problems we haven't heard of with the motorized thing and they're backtracking and the water drop is fine? Uh, success for Samsung with the hole punch? Are they just like, hey, you know, no one cared. Let's go back to the water. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, Will, but I do ask the questions. That's yeah. my job, actually. It is kind of strange that they would, you know, go back with the teardrop. They should just present it as like a full screen. You know, that would hype us up a, a bit more. Yeah, you're not hyped for the water drop. You're over the water drop. Yeah. That's old news to you. What do you think about the back? Uh, it's a bit odd, the X pattern in there. Like, did you need it? Mm -hmm. uh, Kirk says you need it. Oh, he agrees with me. I mean, you could have just had the triple. Right. I think everyone's trying to get away from this, like, bug look, like bug eyes. Mm. Like, you know, you look up close up a, a spider or something, and it's, like, all these eyeballs. And maybe you put the X, and it's got some other – it's, like, it's like a faster. It's like a car or something. I don't – look, I don't know. They all look – it all looks weird if you look at it long enough. I, I think people will probably get used to it, that rear layout. Uh, a couple of other potential specs here. Uh, the phone, the flat display, so it's going to have a flat display, a six, which is 6.5 inches. The rest of the phone elicits no surprise. Standard set of ports and buttons, USB Type-C port, volume rocker alert, slider, power button, etc. cetera. Uh, the 7T is likely to come with the uh, Snapdragon 855, FHD+, AMOLED, of course, 8 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs, non-expandable storage. No information currently on a 7T Pro. This is going to be an interesting development. It's going to indicate to us uh, what OnePlus's strategy is going to be going forward with their TikTok T-Series devices. And also, it may it may act as some sort of a, a indication into how the motorized camera was received like and, and, and whether or not they're going to stick to it. Mm -hmm. Because... You would assume, well, they've got the device sitting there. The T model was always a, a slight right. kind of bump. If you've, if you've already developed this complicated thing with this motorized camera, just slap a T on it, call it a day. Mm -hmm. Maybe change the back a little bit. You would think you would do that. So the fact that we're not seeing that on this render is interesting, and it is noteworthy. And that's what we're about here on this show. If it's noteworthy, we're going to bring it to you. Definitely. Galaxy Note worthy. Note 10 worthy. I've been using the Galaxy Note, by the way. Yeah. So I've been using How is it? it. You know, and I just, quick note update. This is spontaneous. This is a freestyle. I didn't have this. That wasn't a tab. Note series, Note 10 plus freestyle featuring Willie Do on the ones and twos. As I like to say. So I've been using, and, and, and this is just, it's a sidetrack. It's definitely a sidetrack. Device is nice. A lot of screen. Couple of taps. You know you get into those situations. Yeah. Touching screen every so often. You don't really want to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a case on it. Maybe the official leather case. Mm -hmm. Samsung has been slow with that. Uh, the one with the cover? No, I'm not cover. You crazy. You out of your mind. I'm covering the thing. I'm flipping. Yeah. Imagine you see Give it me. a shot. Imagine you see a guy like me over there on that couch. I'm flipping. Yeah, we're not. You're not gonna talk. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. You're gonna be upset. All right. You're gonna be upset if you see that. So we can't do that. But um, the display is the nicest display ever in the history of displays. Let's just get that out of the way. It's yeah. big. I get it. It's not for everybody, but it's angular. It's a. It's an angular slab, mm -hmm. which I don't mind. I like to feel a bit of an edge over there. Okay. I, I don't mind feeling an edge. Something, you have uh, accidental taps. I have a few accidental taps because the screen is so much. I think when I put a little case on there, that's going to be gone. The pen doesn't come out that much. Hmm. There's a few times I'm, I've, I'm doing the pen to, just to do the pen. Right. You know? So then uh, this is the important part. The display is amazing. Yeah, phone's great. Okay, great. Very expensive. This is the important part. Ready? I should say right before the important part, battery life, incredible. I should add that as well. This is the important part. Samsung Pay. I know it's boring. I know. You're like, Lou, please, don't, don't. I didn't come here for this. The note is I can get Samsung Pay on a lot of devices. I need to tell you something, man. Samsung Pay 
It works everywhere. I mean everywhere. Even no shady old machines. I talked about this in the past. It's because of the MFC. It's crazy. Yeah. Is it? People, this is the coolest experience in the world. I'm telling you right now. Okay, maybe not the coolest, but it's just cool. When, when you're at a machine and the guy's like, no, we don't have tap. And you're like, just, just give me a second. I'm like, I'm like, just let me I was try. Like, nice try, buddy. I'm just like, let me try. And they're like, no, we don't have. And when you, when it dings off of the the mag strip, but they don't have the regular tap payment on an old machine, they they don't believe you. They're checking the receipt, and you feel so cool. You're like, nah, nah, it's paid. They call security. They the think about it. I'm telling you, it is it is one of those like aha kind of moments where where you're like, you have some tech they don't know about. And that's rare in tech these days. Everybody's used to things being exactly how they are. So this thing can somehow, it like emulates the physical mag strip. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the machine believes it got a swipe when it didn't get a swipe. It's different from how Google Pay works, how Apple Pay works. It's exclusive. It's on Samsung devices. And in the time... That, so I was using, what was I using before? A 7 Pro, just talked about it, geez, OnePlus 7 Pro. So I was back on Google Pay. And, you know, every so often, it wouldn't be available, and I'd be like, oh, let me go get my wallet from the car. Because I, I, the real dream is to leave the wallet. That's the dream. Would you agree, Will? Oh, yeah. The dream is to leave the wallet. Yeah, just have your phone, your keys, and you're good. It would be great. And so... MST. MST, that was the word we were looking for. Magnetic secure transmission works on older terminals where you would normally swipe a card. The phone emits a magnetic signal to stimulate the magnetic strip found on the back of a credit card or debit card when you hold the phone against one of these readers. Hmm. You see this? Why does nobody talk about it? Why do I feel like this is just swept under the rug a little bit? That like everyone's talking about digital payments. Everybody's talking about uh, uh, Apple cards, Apple Pay. Google Pay, Samsung Pay doesn't come up that much. Now, I do have my complaints. They got banner ads in the app, like, chill out. Samsung, geez, man. Give me a clean thing here. I don't want to look at the ads. But beyond that, Will, I'm telling you, I have confidence if I leave my wallet, I'm going to be okay. There's, of course, always going to be the potential for a cash-only scenario. But that's rare. What's more likely in today's situation is that you might get an older terminal mm-hmm. that doesn't have the correct tap. That's more likely, and that's where you blow minds. So even when stores, there'll be stores that have their very own payment structural thing, like they have their own machines that don't look like those. Like Best Buy has it, Walmart has it, where they got like some big thing that they refuse to upgrade because it's right. like it's their store specific. They had it made for that. Still works. If it, if it can swipe a card, this works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was even more happy when I used it at Best Buy, actually. Because oh, they, they were like, because the dude was a fan of the oh, show. Okay. Shout out. Uh, Best Buy guy in, where was I? In Richmond Hill. Mm. Uh, 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 Highway 7? 407? I don't know. Yeah. Richmond Hill Best, Best Buy. Shout out to the whole staff over there. You guys, everyone's really cool. And I'm coming through... I'm cu- I got a new router, by the way. You Wi-Fi six, shopping. yeah, wa- Wi-Fi six, and and range, and 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 I actually moved away from a mesh system just to one powerhouse. Mm. Huge improvement. One powerhouse. We're gonna that's gonna we're gonna save that for a later date because I'm gonna, you know, right. I'm gonna experiment. But I get to the front of Best Buy, and the guy's like, you know what he said to me. He, cause, cause his friend was, who also was working, was telling him that I was from Unbox Therapy and his friend was kind of like, who, who was an Unbox Therapy fan, didn't really believe it, that I was me. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, and, uh, he's like, look at the beard. He's like, he's doing the beard test. Remember the beard? That's how they, I guess, verify. You're, you're the beard guy. Well, just cause the beard has a lot of gradients going on. And I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. But anyhow, those guys who know about tech and whatnot, I was like, watch this. I'm gonna tap, I'm gonna tap the the Samsung Pay right now. And we're gonna see if that works on the machine that they had. And they're like, I don't know, man, I don't think it's gonna work or whatever. And boom, it worked. And so I'm very happy. It's a game changer. 
it's as far as it goes. I understand in other parts of the world, there's other payment things going on. When we're in China, everyone's laughing because it's the, the, what is it, WeChat? Yeah. There is a WeChat tap. Mm. And it's everywhere. You, they, they ain't no cash going. It's a WeChat. But as far as like the most versatile option in a card culture, Samsung Pay is crushing right now. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I will say, the, the app, I, I could change some things about it. It's a little bit clunkier. The whole thing is not as uh, smooth. But if you're on a Samsung phone, you just swipe up from the bottom, boom, the card shows up. It could take a little bit longer, too, in some cases, on the older machine. And in some cases, they could ask you for a signature. Mm. But that's about it. After that, you're golden. And you don't have to worry. And the wallet stays where the wallet stays. So, little sidetrack, little freestyle. Samsung Pay, underrated in the game. Uh, it's just, we got to get that out there. Now, that's not, not exclusive to the Note. That's the, the Galaxy devices and so on and so on. And I don't know why the other payment services don't do the MFT thing. I don't know if it's a proprietary. I don't know, did they, um, did they, is it's not a patented? Why is it that no one else is using that? Or maybe someone is. I remember, like, in the uh, event, like, years ago, when they first introduced MST, it was, like, Samsung Pay and MST. That was, like, the big two things I got from it. And it was, like, a big deal for them. Right. But for some reason, they don't keep advertising it. It's just out. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And and they don't, I don't know if they do a good enough job of now that people are comfortable with the idea of phone tap, of getting out there and talking about how theirs does this extra piece mm-hmm. that the other ones don't. See, that's a good example, that image right there, where, where they can tap right on the mag strip region of the terminal. Mm. Um, look, I don't. how big of a deal is this to you? I don't know. It depends on what, what, how you currently pay for things, whether you care or not. But for me, I think technology is at its best when it's replacing other older technology so that you can consolidate. Like, that's why the smartphone was such, it, it did, it, it piled together all the things you would want to have in your pocket. And one of those things is a wallet. And to me, this is more futuristic than a titanium card and Apple Pay. Right. Because now, if you get hit with a machine, which is still somewhere in the neighborhood of 25, 20 to 25% of machines, even in big cities, that's significant enough that you could be in trouble without your wallet on you. So now you're still carrying it or you're carrying one card or something like this. So you didn't really consolidate with Google Pay or Apple Pay. And I've used them. I've used all of them. And you will run into those moments which are enough to freak you out because it's terrible to be prepared to pay and not, and not be able to pay and you got to scramble or right. ask somebody. It happens. It happened to me. So um, so this is cool. All right. Samsung Pay. I didn't expect it. Freestyle. We're not going to talk about that. Um, All right, so next up, I've got something called the Fairphone 3. And uh, what this is, Will, you're going to like this. I actually read about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, but yeah. You're going to like this here because you're a really, you're a really ethical guy. Did you know that? (laughs) Yes. I had to remind you. I feel you forgot. You're, You're ethical... Yeah, I and eat beyond me. You're one with the environment. Burger. You're after this, you're heading to the Amazon. Yeah. After the after we finish when Kirk hits the button to stop recording, you're to the you're commuting right now from the Amazon where you're carrying water buckets. Yeah. On a boat that I You know what? We're not myself. even supposed to joke about this right now. You know. Well, we're not even cuz you know what? That's some terrible stuff, okay? <clears throat> well, so well, no, yes, we we should save the Amazon. Yeah, let's not, let's not do that. No, no, let's really do that. Take one. anything. Yeah. Away. So you know what? Maybe we shouldn't joke. Maybe it's time to get on a plane. Well, because yeah. guy like you, you know what do you need? You need ten minutes over there. Shut it all down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Guy like you. That's what the Amazon's missing. Yeah. So. Anyhow, Fairphone Three is the ethical smartphone, and it's gonna. It's a smartphone with a clean conscience. It is a phone with fair labor wages to construct, uh, healthy materials that are renewable, uh, uh, terrible appearance. I mean, I mean, 
I, we got to be honest. I, you know, we got to be honest about the appearance. It's just part of the gig. What else? What else? What else they say? Oh, the coolest part. I'll tell you the coolest part about it. There's like this. This is like uh, an elaborate review of this thing on Engadget. The guy took it, or girl, took it really serious. Well, okay, shout out to the reviewer. It is Daniel Cooper. He took this real serious. Like he treated it like a real phone. And he's like, you know what? I can deal with it. Mm. He didn't mind it. Uh, but he does, he does say one thing that kind of caught me a little sideways. He says, I think it's utterly gorgeous. Oh. So <laughs> I think we can all agree it's not utterly gorgeous as, as far as phones are concerned. But anyhow, that's not the exciting or interesting part to me. I Look, how, how, how's a smartphone going to be ethical in the first place? You see what I'm saying here? Like some, I mean, what, t tell me when you get something nice and nobody's got to pay for it. Like, do you know what I'm saying here, Will? It yeah, just, there's always a give and take. Just, it just, it's just. Look, it's incremental. I, I, you can, you can make some improvements, but ultimately, you have to extract something from the earth to generate this object. Something's got to come out of the earth. But that said, what they did that was cool is they made a repairable, a properly repairable, replaceable device. The thing ships to you not just with a SIM card eject tool but a cool little screwdriver slash spudger. Now, do you know, you ever heard the word spudger before, Willie Do? I think so. Isn't yeah. that the thing where you can, like, pry stuff off of stuff? Yeah. You I know? don't have to tell you the whole history, okay? <laughs> I don't, I don't have to go through it again. The backstory. Myself, young Lou, cracking open iPhones and iPods to save the planet. You had many spudgers. Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, be, yeah, because I was already saving the planet at that point. Mm -hmm. I was already saying, don't throw this in the waste. Mm -hmm. I was already saying, you know, pre-Amazon rainforest, I was saying, <laughs> I was, no, I wasn't saying that. I was saying, hey, there's a demand for this and, and, and yeah. Apple, they're not touching it at all. And it, I, actually, I did feel like it was unfortunate that a lot of times, Someone would shatter a screen. It's like, is that phone really dead? Like, I did have an inclination at the time that there was a diff there could be a different way. Yeah, so there's it, hope for it. It wasn't al altruistic. I had a business. Mm -hmm. I was trying to live. I, you know, got to be honest out here. But sometimes you can do both to a certain extent. That's what they're aiming to do, mm -hmm. to do both. You have a business. You make some money. And, and maybe people hold on to their phones a little bit longer. Maybe so on and so forth. So they include. That's why I know the word spudger mm. for the record. Because the spudger is a little tiny spatula-looking thing that you're, that you're going to use where, where adhesives are in play. And you have to pry a little bit to disconnect certain components. You can also use certain aspects of the spudger to disconnect ribbon cables that have very right. specific proprietary connectors with a lot of pins. And they can be very uh, compressed and small. And you just wouldn't want to use your hand, your finger, or nail, which may have oils and things. You right. know you have things going on. Oh. So anyhow, you got too many things too going many. on. Yeah. So you will use a spudger, and you would order these things. I mean, when I was doing these types of repairs and replacements, I would be ordering uh, like 20, 30, 50 spudgers at a time because eventually, over time, they would lose their edge a little bit. They mm -hmm. would become more blunt and would no longer be capable of getting underneath. Yeah. You can't spudge anymore. No, no, you, yeah. Are you cracking jokes today? <laughs> are, are you having a day today? <clears throat> Is today your day? Uh, well, I have my my on days. And today's one of them. Might be. Yeah. Wow. You went for a coffee. A little bit of coffee. Okay, let's yeah. let's 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 double up on that next time. Let's for keep sure. that train moving towards the station. Anyhow, so you got the plastic spudger, you got the metal spudger. The metal spudger used to work a lot better, but it was it was more dangerous. Yeah. Oh, oh, you agree? Yeah, I mean, I I would imagine it would scratch like the circuit boards and stuff like that, right? Willie do repair technician, unbelievable. <laughs> He's the expert. All of a sudden, I'm just guessing here. I'm no, no, you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. So you would you would there would be a whole system to how you would approach it. But anyhow, this one goes. This one actually encourages you to do so. This Fairphone, this is the real story of this phone to me. It's not the like other piece of it, which is fine to have, but this is real, it's the mindset in action. 
It was a lot of talk, Will, out there in the world. It's so much talk out there that you have to discern, you have to know the difference between talk and action. And I feel like this is, this is, this is what you got to be aiming for. It's like, is there an actual way for me to interact with this thing that's going to make a tangible difference? And this is that difference. If you have the screwdriver, you're going to be inclined to, to get in there and tinker around and look at your gadgets and products differently and say to yourself, hey, the battery's dead on my phone. Maybe I want to replace the battery instead of a totally embedded thing. A battery like that, Will, I used to order batteries like this for iPods and stuff, you know, five, six bucks. And the battery's the first thing to go. So on here, you get your screwdriver, you get your spudger, you crack, you crack that battery out of there and replace it and you're good to go. Now, this phone isn't going to be the widespread application of this. You remember Google had Project Aura? At yeah. one time, it was like the Aura modular promise, the, the, the promise of the modular future. People loved the idea, but it never turned into anything in actual, tangible. It was all talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a little beyond talk because they had a prototype and things like this, but nothing, no, no real way to interact with that or buy it or anything like that. In fact, in the time since that project, stuff got even more embedded. And to be honest, I feel like this is not going to work. Like, as much as I like this idea, it brings me back to the time when I was sitting there with a screwdriver and a spudger. I, I, I just don't mass market. I don't see it happening, right? Mass market, people want these sleek slabs of glass and metal. Yeah. Widespread. But it still makes me happy that a thing like this exists to encourage people to crack in and know a little bit more about their gadgets and possibly hold on to them a bit longer and maybe repair them a little bit. It's, uh, I like the idea of that. So is the idea actually, you know, having upgrades that you can take it apart, like if there's like new ba battery technology or something and then you kind of just insert it in? I don't believe so. I believe what you're looking at here is repairability. So the ability to repair a component mm -hmm. that might be faulty or uh, an upgrade in the form of battery life. I, I think that's, that's the main thing. And, of course, the, the fact that it's made fair. You have lower CO2 emissions if you buy this thing, and it doesn't come from uh, sweatshop labor. You, you reduce your personal carbon footprint, Will, if you buy this. Mm. So it's bragging rights to a certain extent. You get to walk around and say, look, look I got the Fairphone. You got the slab. You're rude. I'm not. But the problem is, unfortunately, I mean, how do you market it? How do you get it to people? How right. many people make this case? It's not as powerful as other phones that are out there. What does it have? It has a Snapdragon 8, uh, 632. So it's a lower, uh, lower range type of phone. It's too much to overcome for the individual that, wanted, that wants to do the, the fair thing, the fair phone thing. So I don't think it's going to work out, but... It's just, it's a throwback for me. It takes me back to a time of removable batteries and so forth. I don't think it's going to be practical, practical for most people. And that's just me being honest. The turnover in the smartphone game and the price is coming down so much, Will. It's crazy. Like, I was just reading about a new Samsung device, a new A-series a device launching in India, 176 bucks. A A10, it's, A10, I think it's going to be called. Yeah. Cool. 176 bucks out the gate, 4,000 milliamp hour battery. Do I have the right one? Or is it, it, may, it might be an A10S, in fact. Oh, no, I think, yeah, A10S. Try that. Just reading about this, guys. It's out of hand. I think I got the right one. Yeah, another budget phone for 2019. It's crazy, the options. Fingerprint mm -hmm. scanner, uh, nice uh, display with a tiny little notch. And it's like 176 bucks USD equivalent out the gate. And then, oh, I didn't even mention the Fairphone is 500 bucks. <laughs> Fairphone 3 is 500 bucks. I feel like I should have said that earlier because I'm, I'm filtering through right. that price point. It's tough, man. Yeah, it's good that uh, these things exist. I mean, I'm looking at the Fairphone 3. There's probably a previous version, the 1 and 2. Right. So, you know, maybe the next version, that'll be your phone. Fairphone 4. How dare you? 
I'm telling you right now, it ain't gonna it's happen. For a good cause, come on. I, yeah. I know, but I'm telling you, it's not gonna happen. Like the problem is, it has to be all of those things first, and then maybe some of this, the clean conscience, maybe right. some of that. You know what it's like? Well, it's like the Model S. Mm. It it's like yeah, it's electric, but it also goes zero to sixty in like two and a half seconds. Right. You see how you got the boat. The it has to, the performance piece got to be there, and then the fairness piece is the bonus. Yeah. If it's the compromise right out the gate, you don't have a leg to stand on. Right, right. You know? So it's unfortunate, but it's the reality of the situation. It's coming from a guy, a lot of exposure, Will. Mm. Smartphones, spudgers, so forth. Been in this. I said it before. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other day, we were mm. talking about the, uh, we're talking about radiation and whatnot with the phones. And we're talking about how the Chicago Tribune went and did this testing mm -hmm. uh, in order to check uh, the, the radiation level ex uh, being emitted, radio frequency being emitted from popular devices, and then contrasting that against the FCC numbers mm -hmm. necessary for a brand to get the approval to sell their device in a particular market. Two days after this test went public, a giant lawsuit oh. took shape. Apple and Samsung have now been hit by a lawsuit over these unsafe RF levels from iPhone and Galaxy models. So this may be more impactful than originally assumed when the numbers first came out. Now, I got I to gotta be honest here. When I first read it, I feel like I was too easy on these companies. I felt like I was like, look, they passed the FCC... Uh, who knows, did the Tribune, did they do it right? Like, this isn't their core business, testing for, for RF. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they did something wrong. And, of course, uh, Apple refuted the findings. And the numbers were nutty. Like, as far as the orders of magnitude more exposure than what the official numbers suggested, that I was like, I don't know, it seemed like something was off. Of course, Apple came out immediately after it happened, and said, look, you're testing wrong. We meet the criteria. We don't want to ever hear from you again. But now, I've done a little more reading here. I feel like I'm a bit more on the case. Look, it's intense. It's a, there's a lot to this thing. And we're, never, we're not, not going to have all the various data points. But I, I, I pledge to like keep an eye on it as, as best I can. Mm -hmm. Which like I have a, I'm, I'm living life too. You know, so I'm going to come on here and tell you if something develops or changes or, or if I look at something differently, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come on here and do my best. And so what I discovered here on this next article after seeing the lawsuit was that maybe there's something to it. Maybe I went too easy and maybe the Tribune was right to pull off. The, okay, let, me, let, me just, let me just break something down right here. The tests that the FCC allows for its guidelines for manufacturers is 10 to 15 millimeters away from the human body. What? What good is that test? 10 to 15 millimeters away. This is in your pocket or right. up to your face. Mm -hmm. That's All not 10 time. to 15 millimeters. Yep. Or in your hands. How do you use it? What good is 10 to 15 millimeter exposure test to a device you're meant to hold? You got to wear some really thick gloves. Oh, or, or, or like, is it like, do you interact with it with your eyeballs, like moving them up and down and it's like 15 millimeters? Like, and, and I really apologize for not like emphasizing that aspect of the testing because what you come to find is that every single one of these devices is like just under the allowed amount at the 10 millimeter range. Like they engineer it from a hardware and software perspective to just barely meet the criteria that the testing allows for. So it will dip right under at the 10 millimeter amount. Some do better than that, but most of them, they just meet the level there. And then when you get up to like anything closer, then they fail. In some cases, catastrophically. In the case, for example, of the Galaxy S8, when it went to two millimeters, from the body, it exceeded the FCC's limit by 500%. Mm. 
the Galaxy S8. Look at that, 8.22. At 10 millimeters, it's 1.53. And I, I presume that the, the, the ratio, the, the measurement there is watts per kilogram. So as you can see, proximity is the key characteristic. Mm -hmm. And so now you start to go, to, you start to say to yourself, well, wait a minute. Is the whole testing criteria off? Do we need new testing criteria? And what are the implications of that? Because I go on to read here that the lawsuit also takes a stab at Apple's marketing, stating that the advertising shows people holding phones in their bare hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. They're holding phones in their bare hands. Where else do you, how else do you hold them? But they're saying, like, the radiation levels are above the guideline if you hold it. Right. But not if you don't. And I'm like, wait, what? I count? What? Now, granted, there's probably somebody in the FCC watching this saying, well, if we had to adjust our measurements to account for the fact that, the, that you're holding it, we would have some other threshold. I'm guessing that's how they play it. But I'm sitting here. I'm a regular guy. I'm a regular person. Yeah, I used a spudger before. But otherwise, I'm living life in the world, trying to get by. And you kind of count on these entities to do some of this work for you when you pick these things up. Now, again, it's a lawsuit. The lawyers, it's a feeding frenzy. They, they see names. You know what happens, Will? Mm. They see a name like Apple or something in a headline like that. You know what happens? No. You ever seen when they're trying to attract when, when, when they take you out on a boat and you're going out there to go in the cage, you go down below the water surface, you go in the cage with the scuba gear mm. and they drop you from the boat. Maybe you're in, I don't know where you are. You're in the Caribbean, you're off the coast. Yeah. Maybe you're on the West Coast, guy like you. They need to track some wildlife so you have a good time. Yeah. Don't they? Oh, yeah. So you know what they do? They drop a little, little fresh meat in the water. Mm. A little bait. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And guess what happens? Who shows up? I'm like, oh, nice turtle. Oh, nice fish. Yeah, who oh, shows up? Shark. Yeah, that's who shows up. Mm -hmm. Couple of sharks. Let me tell you something. A headline with apple in it and the word radiation in it. Juicy. I mean, that's all a shark's gonna need, isn't it? That's a nutritious meal mm -hmm. for the right kind of shark. Will he do? You'd have to agree with something like that, wouldn't oh, you? Oh yeah. So anyhow, they jump all over it, Apple, Samsung, and these are some of the things they say in a lawsuit over here. I don't say it. Look at this. Numerous recent scientific publications supported by hundreds of scientists worldwide have shown that RF radiation exposure affects living organisms at levels well below most international and national guidelines. Effects include increased cancer risk, cellular stress, Increase in harmful free radicals, genetic damages, structural and functional changes of the reproductive system, learning and memory deficits, neurological disorders, and negative impacts on general well-being in humans. I read that, like, w when you watch the pharmaceutical commercials. Mm. you got to say it fast. And everyone's like, where's the football game? Yeah. You see? Let's get this over with. Yeah. But anyway, that's in there. And that's some scary stuff. The complaint also notes that Apple, prior to the iPhone 7 used to have warnings about the distance the devices were tested for, ranging between 5 and 10 millimeters. But then, later, the company dropped the messaging. Mm. Ooh, that's creepy stuff, isn't it? Where'd that messaging go? Salacious. I don't know. So, look, I know it's a cash grab. I get it. But why are we testing these things at 15 millimeters away? I don't understand that. Yeah. It's it, Two millimeters... Might be as close as you can do, but guess what? You got you got no millimeters. You got no on, when you when, when you're, you're holding it, yeah. When you're sitting there clocked in having your session, you know, diving deep on a YouTube home feed, Willie do. Hours and hours, you're touching the thing. Yeah. So maybe we gotta revamp this thing. I don't know who's in control, who's got the power here. And I told you I'm a regular guy. Maybe we can have someone sit in a chair for once. Uh, maybe I'll get one of these scientists in here. Let me know. You're a scientist. Sit down. Mm -hmm. Let's have a chat. But nonetheless, the Tribune, they opened up a can of worms. Or better yet, a can of bait. Mm. The blood is in the water. Mm. 
You understand? The sharks are here. And everyone's watching. Willie do, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, got a story for the Indian audience. We got, shout out, India. Lots of Indian people watching. Such an interesting marketplace, smartphone perspective. Lots happening. You know, when, when the Indian smartphone market gets brought up, it's often about budget. It's often about premium. No, not premium, sub-premium. Mm -hmm. Today, it's about premium. Because I'm always thinking like, okay, only one aspect of the market has the potential to grow, which is that mid-range, low-range, the premium smartphone market in North America and, and pretty much everywhere else, stagnant. Samsung says it's growing 20% in the premium smartphone segment in India. And a big part of that, Will, is the fact that the Note 10 and Note 10 Plus are going to be made in India. You see that? So you remember we talked in the past about the incentive structure for manufacturers to make their devices in India, the trouble Apple was having transitioning to that model, and the fact that even Apple will eventually bring their premium product manufacturing to India? Samsung has been doing it, and they're doubling down. And this new Note series, Note 10, Note 10 Plus, saw substantially more pre-orders than the Note 9, with the Made in India badge. Mm. So homegrown, made for that domestic market. Now, this is a very expensive phone in India. It's important to note. You're talking about, what, 70,000 rupees? Something like that? Like a lot of money relative to what the average person has to spend. Up to 90,000 RS, okay? So keep that in mind. Very expensive phone for that market, but still seeing growth there. And comparatively to like, say an Apple device, which isn't manufactured there, it actually comes in closer to the United States equivalent of what you would pay. It might even be actually less. What, give me a quick one-to-one -one here. What is the top Note 10 Plus in USD in the American market? Because we just referenced the top end Note 10 Plus in India is 90,000 RS, which is around 1,250 bucks USD. I feel like it's gonna actually be more in the US market. This article you're looking at is from the UK, Will. Mm. I see the pound symbol. I think all you, all you gotta do is go to samsung.com maybe and see what the MSRP is. But if I recall correctly, I think you can spec a Note 10 Plus for actually more here than it was there. like uh, 1100 starting. Right? 1100 to start. Yeah. So you can definitely go beyond 1200. So, anyway, what am I talking about? Why is this important? This is important because there's an incentive structure baked into that marketplace in India, which incentivizes manufacturing in India and, and actually taxes or tariffs. It goes up to 1459. I think this is a. Oh, that's Canada. Canada. Okay. So it's very close. But anyway, incentivizes made in India. And decentivizes, is that a word? Decentiv and decentivizes imports. Okay, so full circle. Why is this important? This is important because we have so many talks going on currently about the China US trade war. Mm. And we talk about companies like Samsung, companies like Apple, and so forth that are currently thinking about ways to diversify their production strategy away from China because there's going, going to be this fifth, somewhere between 10 and 30% added to the bottom line, potentially, through this tariff structure. Now, if, if you have Indian manufacturing capable of outputting the most premium devices from brands like Samsung and Apple, and able to do so at a competitive rate with a Made in India badge, we are that much closer to potentially seeing Made in India as an export, mm. which is not currently the case because the scale is not there yet. Right. So these made in India smartphones are for that domestic market, but it's only a matter of time, Will. And the potential happens to be quite large right now that you might actually end up with a made in India smartphone in your pocket, a guy like you. Guy like me. What a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. You never thought, I'm telling you, when I started this channel, I'm being honest, made in China seemed like the only potential output. Like you just couldn't imagine an alternative. You got, there's a lot of manpower there. 
It's possible. Now, it's not going to happen immediately. You know, transitioning these types of facilities and so forth, it's been painful even to get to this degree of manufacturing in that domestic market. But it's really interesting. And it's going to, it's going to, there will be some significant implications because of it. Made in India, Note 10, Note 10 Plus, premium stuff. And Apple, for their next, for their next model, rumored to also be manufacturing that one in India too. This is big news. How soon do you think other companies will follow suit? Well, for the domestic market, they almost all have. Vivo, Oppo, Xiaomi, Samsung, Apple, they almost all have. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, uh, as far as widespread exports, I don't think, it's, I don't think it exists yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe to a couple of countries in that region it's possible. But as far as widespread export, not yet. Um, that's the interesting piece to track at this point. Right. I'm curious about that. Speaking of China, uh, Costco recently opened in China, first time, and it was bananas. Uh, so amidst all this trade stuff and, and tension, U.S.-China tension, ain't no tension in that Costco. Oh, look at this kid. That might be tension. I mean, tension in, in, in the sense that you're, they're, they're wall to wall. It is it, just crowded, crazy. So that kind of tension. But no tension as far as arriving, going, being attracted to an American uh, icon like Costco. It looks to me like people still want certain American things, including the Costco brand in China. Though I did hear in order to avoid the reverse tariffs taking place in China... Costco China had to actually source some of its products from elsewhere to avoid higher costs. So like certain items came from Australia instead of the U.S. that are actually on the shelf in Costco China. But anyhow, they opened this store up outside of Shanghai and the lineup is wild. Around three hours to get your car into the parking lot. Kirk, what are you ready to wait three hours to get into Costco? Just waiting in your car? What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to have a podcast on or something? You're just sitting there waiting to get into Costco. You get the, you get the cheap pizza. Uh, maybe you get a hot dog for $2. I don't know what you get. Oh, look at this. What are they? They, they can't pack They're up. They're just grabbing meat. They can't pack it up fast enough, man. I'm telling you, it was it's just crazy. Oh, my goodness. Now, apparently, there was already a sort of baked-in hype around the Costco launch because... Uh, uh, Costco had been introducing its Kirkland products to the Chinese market hmm. through other e-commerce sites for a while leading up to this eventual launch, kind of prepping people for the introduction. Also, Sam's Club, Walmart's warehouse-style, membership-style uh, shopping experience has has had a presence in China for a while. So people understood the membership concept and were just waiting for Costco to come. Mm. But a three-hour lineup is pretty wild. Uh, it turns out, I guess, the marketplace in China is healthy enough in certain circumstances. I'm reading some of the feedback here on Twitter uh, suggesting that the Chinese market, market is crucial to American companies. Of course, this showcasing that an American company like Costco can... Well, man, they could be quite successful in China, obviously. People are scrambling under the door as the door's oh lifting. God. It's like Black Friday. Look, they can't get the chickens fast enough. Oh, this poor lady who's working at the counter. She can't deliver the chickens fast enough. Rotisserie chicken, like, like there's never been a rotisserie chicken before. So it's like the Popeye's chicken sandwich, except it's just Costco in China. You see? Yeah. So anyway, they had to close. They just closed the store down. It was too wild. It was too crazy. So they closed the physical location down. Uh, this one just outside of Shanghai, by the way. Costco's stock is up. Things are looking good. And uh, maybe, Will, this is the, this is, maybe this is a nice little a healthy sign hmm. that the trade war can end. Yeah. And Costco is the answer. Yeah. Everybody likes Costco. You see that? China likes Costco. You like Costco. Texas hey. likes Costco. See, maybe... The answer to the trade war is a... It's more Costco? It's a slice of Costco pizza. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Trump takes one bite, and it's over. It's a wrap. He goes, you know what? Yeah. I saw the video. I saw that Costco in Shanghai. And I saw the people loved it. 
and I can get with that. And then that's it. It's squashed. The beef is squashed. What do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's all it takes, right? Yeah. Thank goodness, because that was getting complicated. Tariffs and whatnot. I was getting worried. So I'm glad we just solved that. More, co more Costco, apparently. Share more pizza. Okay, last one for me. Speaking of uh, hype and chicken. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm on the case because it's, it's the internet does this kind of thing or something. It just becomes the hype. And like everybody needs to know mm -hmm. what's going on. And the chicken sandwich wars are just the latest 2019 hype machine. I had the Wendy's chicken sandwich, so I got to follow up. I can't just leave it there. It's really unfair at that point to do that. I was not happy with the Wendy's chicken sandwich, at least not comparative to what I thought a chicken sandwich could be. It was fine for a fast food chicken sandwich. I saw a couple people were like, but Lou, it's got Asiago on it. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, you're right. That was a nice touch. The Asiago was, there was some complexity to it. Like you wouldn't normally have that on a chicken sandwich. So it was interesting from that standpoint. But ultimately the chicken itself is what I'm judging. Well, mm. I want people to know the rules of this game. I understand you can put things on chicken. I understand that. But ultimately it's called a chicken sandwich. It's not called a ranch sandwich. It's not called a pickle sandwich. It's not called an Asiago sandwich. You see that, Will? Mm -hmm. It's called a chicken sandwich. I can see that, yes. You understand something like that? <laughs> I'm trying. So I start with the chicken. I need to know about the chicken. I need to get intimate with the chicken to, under, you know, to, to see where we're at, if we're even having a conversation, if it's even worthwhile to go to the next ingredients and levels right. and so forth. We start there. You got to get you past. start with the base. You I mean, you got to get foundation. inside. Yeah. You got to you gotta get inside the building before you can party. You see? So anyhow, that's where that one left me hanging because the chicken was a thinner patty and it wasn't that juicy and it just kind of felt like a fast food chicken thing right. that you could live on if you had to. That's what it felt like. But then, you know, I started to speculate because I'm waiting for Chick-fil-A to open. It's going to, I think it just opened. So that's coming soon, I should say. Popeye's got to get their act together. I might have to drive to Buffalo. Somebody asked me to. So that might happen too. But in the meantime, I decided to take it back to the old school a little bit, I wondered why nobody was talking about KFC. I was like, what are you talking about? Somebody's going to choose that Wendy's chicken sandwich over this one? I was like, did KFC really fall off that hard? Because they've been in this chicken thing, and no one's talking about it. Mm. So what did I do? I tracked down a KFC. Well, I did it for the people. I did it for you as well. Mm. I'm because curious. I'm still trying to get this idea. I'm trying to get this concept through to you that it starts with the chicken. Yeah. It's been tough. So I got myself a big crunch, okay? And the big crunch just blew that Wendy sandwich out of the water. Hmm. It just demolished it. Like to a point where I'm like, what are people doing on the internet that they're not mentioning this in the, in the conversation? Mm -hmm. Now, look, it wasn't Chick-fil-A. It wasn't Popeye's. But you got to put it at least in the conversation because other fast food chicken, McDonald's, uh, uh, Wendy's, are not in the chicken, you know, they're not in the fast food chicken level. Right. They have chicken on the menu, but they're not in the, like, we specialize in chicken level. Mm -hmm. And that's important to note. So I had the big crunch. And can I just say, could be nostalgia at play. There's a pepper thing happening. There's a pepper thing happening with, there's like an almost original recipe thing happening with their Big Crunch chicken sandwich. Hmm. A savory thing happening with the breading. I understand it starts with the chicken, but there's another layer to it as well. The patty itself, the chicken, whatever it is, breast, whatever it's made out of, way juicier, way bigger than Wendy's. So at least we made it here, Well, At least we know that KFC should be mentioned a little more. The Big Crunch is still a big crunch. It is a good time. Do not, if you have the option with the Wendy's and this, if you care about chicken, this one's the better move. I can confidently say that. Right. Next up, Chick-fil-A in a couple of days. Popeye's is going to have to come last, I guess. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm this far now. So we got to see what's what. It all starts with the chicken. Willie, do I know? I don't know. You got. You said you got a really hot thing that we got to talk about today. So, I mean, I talked. 
and talk. So I'm just going to hand it over to you. All right. Okay. You got the next five minutes. Final. All right. So. Yeah. All right. You can click off the video now if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Thanks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Will. Um. So we haven't talked about AI in a while. Well, actually, I haven't. Um. Mr. Willie AI do. Yeah. And uh, for people who's actually just listening, um, there's a website called Futurism. And there's a page, uh, an article here that says, AI turned these emojis into photorealistic monstrosities. Hmm. And I think you got to get the visuals to, to understand because there are some pretty horrific... Yeah, that looks creepy. I'm having nightmares here. about this already. Um, so there's a Korean company here, uh, Korean Advanced Institute of Science and Technology. Um, they created an algorithm, an AI, that is able to detect low-res emojis and convert them into <laughs> high-poly, realistic... Look at the baby's face. Look at the baby <laughs> down. <laughs> the baby's melting. <laughs> oh, man. They're able to convert, like emojis into real things or what they think what it thinks is yeah right real textures so they exchange like a black dot that's an eye for a human eye yeah yeah and um some of these results are pretty uh pretty intense i mean it in some ways it can detect a face pretty well um, oh, that's weird. It thought that that plant, the base of that plant, it thought it was a face. That's very creepy. A guy hiding and then a plant growing on his head. Yeah. yeah it's weird. Um, really trippy stuff. Um, I think it thought the crying emoji was a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's super weird. I mean, we're, we're, we're squarely in the weird zone now, Willie. Dude. That was your hope, I assume. Yeah, for sure. It's just really, uh, I don't even know what to think about it. Is it like impressive? Or is it scary? Well, what's weird about it is how when, we're, when we are faced with a cartoon, we're super comfortable with it. Yeah, we were talking about this in the past with Fortnite, like the success of Fortnite. Yeah. And how it's a violent game. But I feel like part of the reason it was so wildly successful is it felt fun and cartoony and colorful. It mm -hmm. seemed so much more approachable and less intense than it actually was. I mean, it's obviously beyond its its uh, prime right now, but I remember thinking like, there's a certain acceptability component that comes mm -hmm. alongside colorfulness, cartooniness, right? Playful animation, playful animations in general. That like by removing the realness of something, you kind of avoid the true implications of it. Mm -hmm. An emoji kind of operates like that to a certain extent where we substitute our actual feelings for these cartoon versions, which are probably more acceptable than your actual emotions. And so when you map these to real things, you go, my God, I would never use that. Right. Like I would never send you these monstrosities to, to, to symbolize my feelings. Like the, you know, the crying face or something like this, when you see it mapped to a real human's face, it seems so uh, intense. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Santa Claus is like, wow, geez, holy, take the fun out of it, old man. You see what I'm saying here? Yeah. It goes from Fortnite to like Call of Duty or uh, I don't know, something far more violent, mm -hmm. far more real, closer to real. But if you have that filter on, it kind of makes everything lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like the it's like that episode of Black Mirror where you have like you see it through the lens, you don't see the violence, you don't see the reality of the situation. Like imagine, Will, if you had x-ray vision through each emoji into the individual's actual current emotional state. Ugh. The person sends you like single tear and then you zoom through it and you see this miserable person curled yeah. up on the floor. What is this person really emoting? Exactly. What are the real feelings? You see how that works? It's mm -hmm. a lot more depth to it. And then this is one of those cases where even applying... Uh, insignificant, fairly small amount of extra depth makes these cartoon things feel very bizarre right. and strange. I mean, plus the fact that they're all melting and look all messed up. And that's uh, obviously that's obviously not very helpful. Yeah. But like, imagine, look at the family emoji. Imagine you sent that to somebody, oh. a nice family. And it's like, whoa, 
Imagine a, sending a picture of three random family members to someone. They'd be like, this dude's lost it. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. But the emoji's acceptable. It's very strange. The future of communication. We're losing our ability to emote, Willie Do. We got to get it back. Yeah. You got to use those uh, face mus muscles that took a long time to end up in humanity to begin with. Mm -hmm. You can think of all the things you could. I mean, you can smile, you can smirk, you can wink, you can. Yeah, it's a lot of muscles there. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so every so often, skip the emoji, use the face, the real one. Yeah.